how's pitchfork recovery going for you? Oh, pretty good. Um, my feet still are a little bit blistery, I think, or like killing me at least a little bit. Yeah, dude, my my feet hurt and my calves are still super sore. I they sent like an email where it's like, oh, fill out this survey about, and I was like, axe, great, you know, food, relatively affordable, like you know, and like, and then they're like, is there anything you would change about pitchfork? And I was like, more chairs. <laughs> It's not a bad idea because like basically all they have was like one bench behind the porta potties. It's like no one's gonna fucking sit there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they put like stadium seating by the you know next to every single um, stage and everyone has enough seats. But there is like literally the whole thing is like if you want to pay like four hundred more dollars, then you can go in and sit down somewhere. And it's like that's fucked up. That's the world for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, two years or last year. Um, it Dude, wasn't... two years ago, there was like premium seating at that park during Pitchfork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in in 21, like because it wasn't so rainy, I guess it wasn't like as big of a deal to just like sit on the ground for a little bit. But it's like, come on, man. If it's going to rain, you got to gotta get bench or something. Well, but how the fuck are they going to know that? Well, they should just get more benches regardless. And then I could sit even if it's sunny out. Yeah, that's true. But that would kind of defeat the purpose because they want you to be moving around and paying for things i guess that's why pitchfork plus exists it's just like oh, if you pay a little extra you can go sit at a nice table yeah i know i do love the idea of like paying so much money just to sit down somewhere and eat like two hour old lukewarm sandwiches or whatever yeah and, and it's the only way you can get a coffee inside the uh festival is if you pay extra it's so fucking ridiculous or if you walk up to someone and say hey where'd you get that coffee yeah <laughs> that was god those people are probably like man that dude was very weird but i was just i can't like every time i saw them again that day i'd be like hey thanks for that coffee how many times did you see them that day like two or three it's kind of i guess it's just a small like festival that you run into the same people like all the time yeah it's weird i get running into like the same or like recognizing people and then i found out that one of my friends was there the whole weekend and i didn't see her at all and i was like how i like every single like weird person i would be like ah i've seen i saw them friday you know and then a person i actually know i somehow never saw i gotta imagine they were just avoiding you i wonder i think that they only came later in the day so like that's probably part of it like by the time like the big acts were playing you know it was harder to run until then yeah i heard they showed up at like 10 30 p.m right when the park was closing (laughs) yeah yeah they 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 showed up um as like a lyft driver to bring people home (laughs) yeah that counts as going to the festival isn't it i think you have to pay for that too anyway hey but uh speaking of uh driving no there's not much driving in this movie there's a little bit there's it ends with him driving off that does count i'm pretty sure of montreal has played pitchfork before and they're in this movie in the ending credits uh, as one of the songs so. okay that's that's a better transition they I must play pitchfork let's do a quick look of montreal pitchfork fest uh we got 20, oh, 2007 they played pitchfork in 2007 when this okay. movie came out oh my god wow montreal who else was at pitchfork that year uh you got Dayla soul i guess uh girl talk uh, uh 2007 ass lineup uh uh who else uh beach house uh battles clips grizzly bear this is a good lineup klaxons um cool kids deer hunter junior boys they're united next year excited for that um steven malcolmus okay th- you know what 2007 pitchfork kind of killed it yeah fuck oh yoko ono was there oh yeah damn uh, this is a good lineup it's a very interesting like i guess back then they only had like two stages yeah main stage and tents 
Yes, it looks like. Wow, weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, that was interesting for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where's Lisa? They thought they'd never find again. Lisa always takes care of us. Yeah, I refuse to remember way back when. Um, but uh what was i gonna say oh welcome to we're not here to watch friends the podcast about the friends from friends by friends daniel and brandon i'm daniel i'm brandon and oh and this week we covered kablooey the 2007 uh i'm guessing indie film starring lisa kudrow available on 2B TV. You don't think a movie that's available on 2B TV uh, cost $100 million? <laughs> well, you know how else I knew it was an indie film? Because it was written, directed, and starring the same person. And that's always like like low budget. We've done like two or three of those movies at this point now. Because um, that one Jennifer Aniston movie about the Irish guys in New York, that was a written, directed, and starring. Right. Not the one is the one. Yeah, she's the one. She's the one yeah yeah yeah. um is annie hall an indie film uh i think at the time it was i don't know how i guess it probably was i feel like nowadays woody allen films are all indie films because he can't get like major studio financing yeah uh, obvious reasons but i do wonder if at the time his movies were uh that kind of thing uh space falls is that an indie film No, but also is Mel Brooks starring in Spaceballs? He's in Spaceballs? What are you talking about? Is he starring? Supporting character in it. He plays yogurt, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's like, he doesn't, he's not like build. Okay, what about The Town and Argo with Ben Affleck? Uh, all Ben Affleck movies are indie films. That's, that's true. Is that true? No, no, Argo <laughs> is not so. an indie film. <laughs> what about that thing you do? The Tom Hanks movie? I, I feel like you're you're missing the point of you're you're just trying to make me sound stupid by bringing up all these counter examples to a random thing i said what about the eyes of march the george clooney movie <laughs> garden state that's an indie film never mind there, there uh, we go. <laughs> and we're back <laughs> uh, speaking of garden state what state did this movie take place in do we know no i think it's deliberately vague we know it doesn't take place in nevada and we know yes. it doesn't take place in Iraq. Uh, oh, thank goodness. We know those two things. Uh, those two places are mentioned, implying that they are not currently in them. Uh, but other than that, they don't really say any other places. No, not really. I mean, that's, you know, I guess why would they? Most movies don't go, we're taking place in this state. When you have a particular place you want it to take place in, you do some sort of, like, you know, establishing, like, that they're in a specific location where when you don't have a specific location in mind you do this and you keep it like deliberately vague you know though wait the guy had a um at the end when he goes to the the uh the motel to like bust that guy mm-hmm. they zoom in on his license tag i didn't see what state it was though i think there wasn't a state on it yeah maybe they just like had like yeah my so, covered away yeah I, th- I think it was just like a white tag and didn't actually have like a state on it at all so wow it was nowhere man that's that makes this movie really really so interesting uh, yeah should we just but, do a quick outline of what the plot is yeah sure 
Sure. Do you want to do it or want me to do it? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um, so essentially it's like uh, Lisa Kudrow's husband is in the National Guard and is serving overseas uh, during the end of the second Bush term. And like a lot of the ex- exposition of this movie is done through like the news, essentially. Like it establishes like, okay, he's overseas. She's like on the phone with his mom and they talk kind of like, like establish these things. She has two like terrible kids and then her husband's brother, her brother-in-law, her terrible kids uncle uh comes and stays with them to help her raise the kids he ends up getting a job as like a mascot for a failing dot-com company and then uh that's sort of it i mean she's like he catches her cheating on her on his brother and he goes to like a birthday party like gets hired to work a birthday party in the weird mascot costume makes a friend with someone who works in the grocery store but it's sort of that classic like indie movie like we're sort of nothing happens and then it just sort of ends i don't know did you like this movie yeah i didn't think it was particularly that funny but i i didn't i didn't like i enjoyed watching it yeah i it's it's a very like classic type of movie i feel like where it's just like loser does thing movie ends where he's still a loser but has like grown slightly as a person but barely anything has happened i feel like this is like a very classic like style of this film uh i didn't think it was like a particularly good version of it but i wasn't like man this sucks you know no i mean it's like fine it there's a lot of parts where it's just like this didn't really need to be in this movie they're kind of just filling time probably like there's a few scenes of that but overall like it's it has enough of a, an identity to itself that i still appreciate what it was trying to do because mm-hmm. the movie did kind of go out of its way to establish its tone although the first like 10 minutes i was not sold but then it kind of i kind of warmed up to it a little bit more afterwards yeah like the, honestly the thing that really like caught me off guard was like it was like clearly like a failing like website you know like real like dot com era stuff but it takes place in 2007 and I was like had it didn't the bubble burst like five years ago well I mean Ask Jeeves stuck around for a few years after the bubble burst yeah yeah I'm looking into it uh the stock all right the aftermath I guess it was like more of like a slow burn you know it wasn't like a like it wasn't like uh you know like an instantaneous like but that kind of means that the doc the dot com bubble burst just in time and like the fallout of that ended just in time for like the housing bubble to burst uh because that was like a year after this right 2008 yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah really bleak uh <laughs> uh yeah really, uh not paying attention to the news when i when this movie came out i was very young this feels like a type of movie that i would have watched when it came out weirdly enough like i did not but it seems like it's up that similar vein of the like lower you know like not like middle not like not lower middle class like a little bit lower than that but like people who like are trying to get by sort of like kind of like a knock on the middle like my name is earl type thing which i feel yeah. like is prevalent around that time frame yeah yeah just not as good of either as either of those things no but i got like pretty major like my name is earl vibes from this movie in some yeah. ways um and like it was i was looking to see who like produced it and i guess it was like a sony movie technically so it's not i don't know that's one of those like it's like a specialty film division of sony so who knows how indie that really is mm-hmm. um but i was looking up to see what else they've done um they did like a few movies like that they obviously like you know have done some pretty interesting stuff like they did um district nine moon boondock saints 2 so they got some they got some pretty big uh good movies there but the funniest thing to me was this movie is listed twice on their wikipedia 
Wikipedia page as movies they've produced, and it's the only <laughs> one they accidentally list twice. That's very funny. Yes. I don't know how they messed that up, but it's really interesting that it's just that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also like this movie sort of reminded me a little bit of um the David Lynch movie, The Straight Story, which is this movie that he made in the late 90s. Uh it's on Disney Plus, I think, still, where like it's this guy who just goes on a lawnmower around this like kind of small town, um, and just a uh or not small town, but, like a it's like you know, 100 miles distance of the lawnmower. I think it's, it's like it's um he just interacts with people like all, all along the way, and there's some like really weird people he interacts with, and some people who like you know have very interesting things going on in their lives. And it's not like they really did that, but they had like the bus scenes, but they had like the they whenever he'd go on the bus to go to work, they'd have people on the bus who were like kind of doing stuff in their lives, and we'd get like a little taste of what's going on with them. And then he would like run into people while he was being the mascot for the company on like the side of a road. So there's a lot of interesting like kind of small little things about this movie that were sort of you know yeah. do something there, there was like a couple like i don't know um like i really liked the shot of like the camera going through the uh um uh da, 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 like uh, laminator oh yeah you know like there, there was a couple like kind of interesting things um but uh the movie you just described sounds more interesting than the, than the movie we actually watched. <laughs> uh, you mean the movie Straight Story? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Straight Story is a great movie. Um, it's like a, I think it's like based on a true story. It's about like a guy who just uh, goes like to visit his like brother who had a stroke or whatever and um, tries to make amends with him and he has to like take a lawnmower to do it because it's, I think this went on with his car. Um, so it's, um, or I guess he like, or he's, he's not, I guess he's too impaired to, or he doesn't have like good eyesight so he doesn't have a driver's license. But it's a pretty interesting movie. It was like a decent it was pretty quickly acclaimed also like very good movie highly recommend watching it but um it's very interesting in the fact that it's not like a typical david lynch movie because it's like yeah. a disney movie <laughs> but it still has like some david lynch-esque type things to that where this this movie was not really that david lynch in no um, it was very straightforward and like there was like i don't know like there's so many things about it that like it just like didn't really like follow through with anything and like i don't know like 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 the laminator stuff like that was like a weird thing it's like oh he got fired and he was like obsessed with laminating and then they just never like like bring that up again or do like what what the you know like what yeah the, f- the first 10 minutes of this movie make him seem like he's gonna be a like complete and absolute dipshit who doesn't know how to do anything like that's what they were kind of leading us to believe and like he is clearly like sort of not socially like able to you know interact with people that well or like do certain things correctly because he's not really good at taking care of the kids or anything but like the first 10 minutes are very different than the rest of the movie in that regard where it's just like oh he just decides to just laminate everything in his previous job including the money in the cash register for like no reason yeah and, but then then when he shows up he turns into like like mr everyman you know where every character except him is like this giant fucking asshole and mm-hmm. he's just like you know like like sort of hat like zombie walking through life um in like a very like knockoff version of like ron livingston from office space type thing you know yeah because this, he always just kind of stumbles into weird shit happening around him somewhat like when he goes yeah. to apply for the job and um conchata Farrell comes out and like just basically just i i still kind of don't know what happens in the scene when he goes to apply for the job that his that lucy kudrow recommends him for where like he's supposed to be like a handyman and then she's just like no you're just like delivering flyers and then she gets really upset at this guy who walks in and like starts talking to her uh, yeah it's very strange yeah this uh, movie had a lot of yelling in it also <laughs> yeah uh like, i also think that like like his character is like a classic of like the genre of like 
like it's very clear that like all like a lot of people who write movies see themselves as like well, like I'm just like a regular Joe down on his luck and like bad shit happens to me through no control of myself and you know like it's just like like just the like Joe Everyman you know gotta root for him he's the only asshole not around um and that's so I don't know I'm just so fucking tired of that kind of movie I think yeah because there were definitely quite a few of them especially like in the 2000s it seems yeah like. yeah um it's the real like you know back to what we were saying earlier it's like the classic like uh directed written by starring in type film you know um even the ones that weren't indie on that list a lot of them sort of fall into that category yes and i if i did not know like if i didn't see the credits beforehand and see that he was a writer and director of the movie i would have guessed it like pretty early on yeah <laughs> I, I mean and this is like the only thing he's really done too you know like i was looking at his um imdb and he's like written like two other movies i think he also was a writer on celebrity deathmatch for a while oh man do you ever watch that show i did i did i thought i love that show actually it was very funny okay. yeah i used to watch that show as a kid like all the time i thought it was one of the funniest things ever it was that was back in like the mtv era where they were trying to i guess be sort of like south park and family guy and they would just have a bunch of celebrities doing dumb shit and then like kill them off in really grotesque ways yeah yeah uh, right i'm looking through his imdb okay he was on silicon valley for a while yeah like not a main character i think he's just one of the guys who like works in one of the companies uh he just exists sort of like i looked him yeah. up to see like what he looked like in the show and i was like i vaguely recognize him sort of yeah oh and he wrote two episodes of wilfred okay this reminds me a little bit of wilfred like wilfred i mean i guess not totally but wilfred feels like the weird cousin to like a my name is earl type show to me sort yeah of. i mean it's got the same like um i'm i'm joe everyman and i'm floating through life and i'm depressed because of all these external things that i can't fix but at least the the message of like wilford is like actually you can fix them you just need an australian dog friend <laughs> that we all need yeah does that show end with him killing himself or does the australian what does the australian or the american version end with him killing himself i feel like that's i, I never finished either version and so i remember reading something about it was that like the original plan or and then they changed it because it's too dark or do you know i that's that sounds very familiar did you watch either version i watched the first season of the american version i never watched any okay. of the australian version so you and i also never finished because i also just watched the first season and then i was like man this show's really good and then i just never watched it again yeah i i didn't mind it like i wasn't like a huge fan of it i was like okay this show's fine i don't know they they ran out of like dog jokes very quickly you know and then it's like still just gotta have this guy in this dog suit doing dog things yeah it's like what do you do after that i guess yeah yeah um but you know speaking of people in suits the guy in this movie is in a uh mascot suit for like a good part of the movie yeah i uh, guess it's supposed to be like the aol guy kind of looks like him you know like the little mascot it's like a blue dude mm -hmm. and it's like running he definitely does have a little bit of a similar vibe to that um yes. it was like watching people interact with him was kind of funny when he was in the suit like just kind of seeing the different like I, that one woman who was really upset with him because like she like i don't i guess like her like she got like fired before her she received her pension or something and like i don't know it was like a and she kept like trying to run him over and like was really upset with him the whole time would always like honk at him to get out of her way when she was driving by him um yeah there was you know now that i'm thinking about it this this movie i think is like the company he's working for is specifically supposed to be aol like the mascot's similar and the company like crashed in like 2006 right oh in that case it definitely is probably yeah. AOL. it was retiring the full name and American online 
Uh, yeah. Or, well, this, I'm seeing some things that say it's more like Enron, but I guess it could be just any of the... Yeah, it's, like, so it's, it's just kind of that, some, yeah, it's it's like the, yeah, there's a bunch of like, I guess, yeah, I mean, like the dot com, what we're saying for. But I am looking at the timeline of AOL, and it spun off to times, like Time Warner uh, in 2009, and like the two years leading up to it, there was like a 40% layoff in 2007, and stuff like that. So it does feel like it's sort of mir- this, this fake company is sort of mirroring AOL. And the mascot being so similar makes me think that that's what they were going for. I can see that. Um, it is a very weird idea, though, that the whole point is he's supposed to just be hanging out. I mean, I guess they're supposed to just, they're just, they don't really care what he's doing. But he's like hanging out flyers just like by the side of this road that people just occasionally drive by. Yeah. Uh, who's going to pick up a flyer from someone who's uh, like while they're driving? Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's like supposed to be like a joke, you know, like, oh, look, like this person gives such a little shit about him that she's just like dropping him off on the side of the highway. Um, but it does, you know, it, it, it could have worked, I guess, in like a more city center with pedestrian traffic. But it is sort of, I guess, like, oh, look how lonely this dude is in the world type thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which was definitely what they're going for. Um, also, that way they don't have to film as many extras walking by him. Also that, yeah, that does seem like a very much so budget thing where it's like, oh, it's very cheap to film in front of this field. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did like when Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays the CEO of the company, drives by in the car with like his mistress. Uh, I don't know if he's because he's also cheating with Lisa Kudrow. So it's yeah. hard to call either of them. It's, he's just probably cheating. He's probably just sleeping around. Uh, But like when he's driving by and he sees like the flyers like on the ground and he's like, what are you doing, buddy? Flyers don't grow on trees. You got to pick those up. And I was like, that's kind of funny because they do because they're paid. Because they do. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was that was kind of fun. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, one of the people who's in this movie who very small role, Uh, very common in indie films to have. I guess he was at this point not a massive deal, but he was like, you know, he was already in Supernatural at this point. So he was like going to be like, he was like one of those guys who was like a TV actor. That like, if you've seen this movie, you're like, oh, hey, that's the guy from Supernatural, probably. Maybe. Uh, the other person who is in this movie that I was like, hey, it's that person is Christine Taylor. Oh, yeah. She's just like always like the girl in movies, you know? She's she's a Kate in Dodgeball and Matilda in Zoolander. I mean, she's in all the Ben Stiller movies because they're married, but... Oh, um, really? <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess... Yeah, I think they're still married. There was a... Yeah. Um, but... Um, so, yeah, she appears in a lot of that kind of stuff. And she always has to have the more like uh i guess like she like you know a, like the kind of like assertive type but also sort of aloof vibe whenever she's in the movie which sort of you know fits well in this movie when the character she's playing um because that's everyone's whole deal usually and then the person who plays uh his later friend who like works at the grocery store uh she's in westworld as like a regular and yeah. uh i think this is like her first role or one of her first roles so when when christine taylor shows up and like in like is like oh like can i hire you for my kid's birthday party did you think that the movie was going to end with Salman and her getting together because in that like initial scene like the very first scene where the car stops and she's talking to him I was like oh it's Christine Taylor like she's always the girl who the main guy ends up with at the end and then like you know as soon as like she shows up in the in the actual birthday scene it's like clearly that's not what it's gonna happen but I couldn't tell if the scene was trying to imply that or if my just like oh it's that actress who always ends up doing this in these kinds of movies uh <laughs> i feel like it's more it might be more like that i did not see that at all when i got the vibe from her she just felt like a three minute uh like supporting role in an indie film to me yeah like i didn't really see her doing much more like i felt like one of those things where it's like this is definitely a two-hander we're not gonna get anyone else in 
this movie besides Lisa Kudrow and the main guy for Fair more enough. than yeah. minutes. Um, they should have given more screen time to Chris Parcell, if you ask me. Parnell. Parnell. Thank you. <laughs> he was. He had a very funny. His one scene was pretty funny, where he was because like the scene was when um, I guess he's in two scenes, but the one scene I'm thinking of is where like uh, the main guy is like taking care of Lisa Kudrow's kids and like has them on leashes uh, and like. Which by the way, I actually really like the kid actors because I thought they were very funny, just how chaotic they were the whole time. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like he has them and they're just like running around constantly so he puts them on leashes and then he leaves one of them tied up where the dog is tied up in front of the grocery store and Chris Parnell is like you can't do that this is a family store and then he lets the kid loose and the kid just goes and pushes Chris Parnell into this like large display of vitamin water yeah that's kind of funny I also I feel like this was a period of time in movies where they would put kids on a leash like and play it for laughs you know like ah look these kids are so wild you have to put them on a leash and now I feel like I just see kids on leashes all the time and like no one like cares you know it's just like yeah it's just an easy way to keep hold of them when they're always running around and shit yeah i feel like it definitely started off as like a uh something that soccer moms do in movies when they have like four kids or whatever to keep track yeah. of them but we've normalized it wow <laughs> very brave of us society has really taken a turn in the 14 years since this movie came yeah out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it was, you know, it was just kind of like a, it definitely felt very indie, this movie, like just all over the place. Cause it also changed its tone. Like I'd say five minutes into the movie. Cause the first like five minutes is just Lisa Kudrow on the phone with her. Like, um, is, I guess it's her mother-in-law she's talking to. Yeah. And like, they keep doing these scenes where they like smash cut to something else happening. And I was like, I really hope this doesn't happen the rest of the movie. Cause this is very annoying. And then they stopped it thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then it kind of figured itself out a little bit. Um, but it was just kind of found out. It definitely felt like just one of those movies where it just kind of existed. Yeah, that's that's the problem with like a lot of the movies we do is like they just sort of exist and uh, there's nothing like particularly interesting or offensive about them, you know? So it's just yes. kind of like, yep, this was a movie. This was an hour and a half and there was a story told. I mean, it made $1.4 million at the box office. Did it really? Yeah, apparently, according to... What was its budget? Like $5, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess Lisa Kudrow isn't like super cheap, so she must have caught something. But um, and people like him, I, I'm like, it, it is kind of uh, just it got pretty good reviews overall. I mean, I don't think I have many reviews, but um, it definitely like people overall seem to like the movie, and like I didn't, I didn't mind it, you know. Um, yeah. And I mean, Lisa Kudrow is really good in the movie. You know, she's always good in stuff. I feel like she kind of just, I mean, she was a little weird in this movie, but yeah. she got some decent scenes. I like it when she plays like a sort of like woman at the end of her rope, and like maybe kind of a bad person but you know like uh, the thing I'm thinking about ex- ex- specifically is like her in um, Easy A like is like a sort of similar character you know like as far as like a woman who's like infidelity causes strife um, but like she's really good at just like like playing like a tired and like about to do something she'll regret woman you know yeah that's definitely her specialty um, but she had some good scene like the scene where she's like walking away and like kind of like vaguely sobbing that was like a good like directed scene too yeah. you know i like it i like a good like walk away scene yeah me too um that was cool i wonder how they they probably had to get like a little like dolly for that or whatever or something <laughs> uh, that probably cost like half the budget for this movie yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean it, you know it was it's one of those movies where i feel like anyone who really saw it who remembers the movie still was like really big into it and was like or like you know someone who's like man i love this movie when it came out and i have not like seen it or whatever and i mean I don't know, it's one of those things where it's just like oh i, I bet like people like it's, i feel like it's one of those things that people like with throw like is like an underrated gem for like the 25 people who watch this movie in theaters sort of thing mm-hmm. or i guess you know i mean because it, it's it, got, it has its own like tone going for it so it's one of those movies where
if you like buy into it completely, you're going to like it, I guess. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I don't th- I think, I just don't think it was that good. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I'm not saying I do either necessarily. I'm just saying if it's the type of movie that like someone likes, I, I mean, I don't know how to say that without just saying like, you know, every movie subjective, but it seems like one of those movies where I could see why people would like it. Like if someone came out to me and was like, you know, I love this movie completely. I'd be like, you know what? Fair enough. I guess. I just don't think that this is anyone's like top 50, you know? I bet it's someone's top 50 for sure. It's, it's, it's Scott Pendergrass's top 50. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's it's in his, but other than that, do you think if you asked Lisa Kudrow like today, like, hey, do you remember being in this movie? <laughs> do you think she would be like, oh yeah, totally, you know, we had so much fun on set, or if she would be like, oh, no, I don't remember this. Like, it, this feels like a movie that she would have forgotten she's done. I mean, that's very possible. And it was like, it was like a few, a few years after Friends. Uh, so she was like in a few like random movies, like just kind of random indie, indie movies around that time before she like kind of became like the person who would be in just the big budget comedy in the supporting role. Yeah. Uh, so I could see that. But at the same time, like she might remember this movie because this movie follows along the track that um, Santa Claus 3 Zoom track where uh, Tim Allen and Spencer Breslin were in like a billion movies together in the same year. Because yeah. Lisa Kudrow and Jeffrey Dean Morgan are both in P.S. I Love You, which came out the exact same year as Kablooey. Yeah, I saw that and I was also thinking like, oh fuck, we should do that movie soon because that is a good movie. Yeah, we gotta, well, we should have had like a Jeffrey Dean Morgan month or something. Although I'm sure those are the only two things that they that he's done related to the Friends cast. Was he ever in an episode of Friends? He feels like a guy who would show up as in an episode of Friends now. I mean, I don't think he was a big enough deal at the time to have been in an episode of Friends. Like, yeah. Because I, the first role I always associate him with from like TV is in Weeds because he plays like the husband of uh, Mary Louise Parker in Weeds for like a couple mm-hmm. episodes. So I always like think of him in that and like Supernatural, I guess, and Grey's Anatomy. But he kind of just, he wasn't really like the a big deal just yet. I mean, he probably could have done like a one episode off, but I think he was, his his big like bit role in TV show thing didn't come until like 2003 or 2004 when at that point Friends was basically ending already. Yeah. Yeah, he's like barely in stuff until like, I mean, there's like P.S. I Love You. Oh, and then he's in uh, Grey's Anatomy. That's like his big thing. That's his breakout, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did Watchmen come out? Oh, nine? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's also, like, it's like, P.S. I Love You, Watchmen, and then Grey's Anatomy is, like, kind of when he goes big. So this movie, he's just some guy, you know? It's not like a like a big star they got to cast for his role, you know? like. Well, that's why I was saying that this feels like the kind of uh, supporting role you give to a TV actor who, like, is a you know who's like someone who people will recognize on the screen they're like oh yeah that's the dad from supernatural sort of thing because he was in supernatural at this point already oh okay I, I i think i misunderstood what you were saying earlier about that i thought you were saying he was already big and it was just like oh that thing that like kind of big actors do where they're like and now i'm gonna do one indie movie to show people i still care about the crap you know no he he to me just kind of feels like the type of per- person who is a big enough name or like some people will recognize him in the credits but like he's clearly still doing indie films as like the side character sometimes yeah, uh, totally, and I guess Conchata totally. Farrell at this point was Two and a Half Men I believe had started for a couple years before this and she was already like in other sitcoms too but that was her that's her big role uh, too so kind of it makes sense she'd be in this as well yeah did you ever watch Two and a Half Men? I did some of it I mean it was just that sh- it was always on TV you know like yeah. it got syndicated and then it was on like five different channels for like four hour blocks every period of the day so I didn't watch it with any sort of regularity but I've definitely seen like you know more than like 25 episodes of it it's not it does it definitely does not hold up 
but also like vaguely well definitely sucked in later years for sure which like every yeah, show yeah. does i never really enjoyed it um but it definitely got worse <laughs> yeah especially when ashton kutcher came on oh my god yeah that was such a crazy time too like the whole just like why didn't it just cancel the show just cancel the show you know cbs though cbs does not cancel shows that make money for them that's true even when the star goes on like a weird like cocaine binge they end up losing two of the stars because the kid went became like super religious what what does is the kid the kid's not the same kid from the tim allen stuff right what tim allen stuff the what's his face who we were just talking about oh spencer breslin no 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 it's a different kid yeah it's um i guess it's it's um uh what's angus t jones angus t jones yeah oh, okay yeah they just you know kids kind of kids from that era just all look the same yeah you're not wrong yeah um but yeah i mean that was it's um that show definitely kind of fell apart uh and i mean you know that happens a lot with those kind of sitcoms but it was kind of i liked i liked her uh conchata Farrell in this movie a little bit she was kind of fun just like as like the sort of i don't give a shit boss who like forgets everything that's happening and like that one scene where she like accidentally like breaks the power cord oh, or, yeah. you know she's it was, it was fine i mean this movie was just definitely like a lot of like just small little like bits here and there yeah and everyone like did a good job it just overall was just mostly fine you know yeah i mean you know it's it's what it is an indie movie what can you do yeah they just exist to exist yeah do you have any uh specific like things i i had like a notepad open to take notes and then i just didn't write anything down because it was just like the most like yep this is like nothing really caught my eye or like it was it was just very straightforward and perfectly fine yeah um it was that was pretty much my thought too like i had the same thing where i had notepad ready and i was like mm, not really much to say about this i do like the tagline for the movie which is every family has a black sheep this one is blue oh yeah, that's that's sort of clever it's kind of fun if that shows up on box office game ever i'll recognize it immediately i can't imagine it was ever in top the five. top five movies <laughs> there's no way which you know what a uh, sad world when that's the case uh it i mean it definitely was fine you know i don't really have much else to say about it uh do we want to uh uh do you have anything else you want to talk about before you rate it no. Uh. <laughs> okay. um so uh how how do we want to rate this movie i was trying to think of a good way to do it uh by the way also real quick it made thirteen thousand dollars in romania <laughs> good to know thanks <laughs> so if you go to romania and mention this movie you'll get at least like a thousand people who've heard the movie possibly yeah <laughs> I mean, romania's population isn't that big like it's like what 20 million so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just Googled it. I thought it was going to be way smaller than that, but it's apparently 20 million. And I was like, whoops, never mind. That's still pretty small. Like, that's like less people than like, uh, wait, before I say this, let me. That's like, <laughs> that is less people. Or, I mean, that's okay, never mind. That's, I was like, was like, like New York City or something. I Googled how many people uh, live in our home state of Virginia, but it's only like 9 million people who live in Virginia. I don't know why I thought 20 million. I, I have no concept for how many people a million people is. It's way more than you think it is, you know? Which is why it's impressive this movie made a million in gross. Because that's at least 100,000 people. Yeah. It must have, like, just broken even, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it had, like, a million dollar budget. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's not uh, well reported on. These movies never are, which sucks. Because that's always sort of my go-to on these things of, like, what to talk about. It's like, oh, how to do at the box office. And then when we cover indie movies, it's like, well, it didn't go to the box office in a real way. 
way, you know? Yeah, and I'm still kind of not sure about that 1.3 million in a way because the, the apparently the first weekend gross was like 7,500. Oh, so I'm geez. like, how'd you get up to that? It must have opened in a bunch more new theaters to like the next week, you know? Like, that's what I was thinking too, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really, I don't know, like, I don't remember this movie being reported on as like a movie in like 2007. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know, there's like some, there's some pretty decently big indie movies from like 2007. That's like the year of like Juno and Into the Wild and like, you know, Panama, is Panama Activity 2007, I think? It might be, uh, I don't know. Ours and the Real Girl. Like, we got some, we got some pretty big indie movies. And then when I type in 2007 indie movies, I also for some reason get Ratatouille and Harry Potter 5. Not sure why those are considered. Those, those small studio <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, the very small budget is Harry Potter 5, uh, yeah. Order of the Phoenix, which probably costs like 100 million at least. Uh, 100, uh, 200 million almost. Good for it. Uh, that movie is probably at least 200 times as expensive as this movie is. Yeah. Yeah, so rating this movie on a scale, um, it's a tough thing to do because it's basically, the movie title is a made-up word almost. Uh, so the only way I could think of was... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to really say this. But like, of like, you're um, rating it like a color and <laughs> rating it and like then explaining if that color is one of your favorite colors or you're one of your least favorite colors. Oh, sure. <laughs> Can you go first? <laughs> um, I'll write this movie in orange, uh, specifically co-orangey. Uh, because orange is not like a color I go to. It's not my go-to color for any reason at all. Like it's just kind of there. Like I usually don't buy that many orange shirts or anything. I don't really eat that many orange foods except for the oranges, I guess. Um, so it just kind of exists. Like whenever I eat an orange, I'm like the first bite. I'm like, no, this is not bad. And then by the end, you're like, all right, yeah, I get the gist. Um, and to me, that's this movie. Great answer. I'm gonna go with uh like uh, gray because mm. uh, it's just like gray, not a color you really feel a strong opinion about you know it's just sort of there in the background and i was watching this movie while getting some other chores done and that is basically what this type of movie is for is putting it on there in the background yeah pretty much i made this movie while i was like making my lunch and then subsequently yeah. eating it yeah so. i like did laundry and then left the movie on and like brought my laptop and stuck it on top of my dresser while i put my laundry away and mm. made my bed and so it's like yeah it's just kind of like noise in the background. Probably uh, much like this podcast, I would say, actually. <laughs> Though I would, I will make the bold claim that our podcast week to week is better than that. Week. Wow. Maybe not this episode in particular, but last week, our episode, very good. Um, Scott Pendergrass is going to write us a very strongly worded letter. He is a fan. I do know that. So, but that's how you know we can't be bought is, you know, we aren't selling out just, just because he likes the show. Yeah, Scott Pendergrass actually sent both of us uh limited edition uh autographed computers so that we could watch this on tubi <laughs> and also like a plushy little kablooey that um i'm holding up to the camera right now but it's a visual me or it's a audio medium so you can't see it and don't ask me to show it to you if you ever run into me in the streets of chicago <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't ask don't because i mean you obviously bring it with you everywhere you go yeah i carry it around with me but i would get really mad if someone was like oh you said that you own a plush kablooey can i see it and i'd be like come on you don't believe me this is a this is a podcast about trust and i think people
people should trust me. Why would I lie to you about that? It's really fucked up. And I don't understand it. Um, And I, I wish there was, I looked it up to see if there actually was any plush kabooies, and I don't see any sign that there are, which yeah, is really There's no sad. way there was. Uh, I, I wish there were. Um, But unfortunately, it doesn't appear that there were at all. There's like a few like sketches of like what kabooie originally looked like and everything. And like someone apparently in Greece, I guess, made a design of kablooey like in clay form maybe huh uh but no 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 kablooeys anywhere i can see just a lot of when i type in kablooey plush toys i get a bunch of that uh australian kids dog show bluey which mm. i don't know if you've heard of but i have not it's like i've seen clips of it on like twitter and it's actually like kind of funny um but yeah and then there's like a pinterest of like people oh oh wait i've seen this dog before sure yeah it's fun um and then when i go to kablooey on like kablooey.com i get like a flash player that's no longer supported and like a myspace page so this website was not has not been updated in probably 14 years at least which is pretty messed up if you ask me that's very funny yeah i don't know what's wrong with that but yeah you know this movie was there uh speaking of movies that were there have you watched anything good recently uh have i oh i have like an insane answer for this um okay this is i need to bring something up and show it to you oh god so i was scrolling on tiktok the other day and i got like a like a a woman who was like doing like reiki and like chakras and you know crystals and all that shit but look at her doesn't she kind of look like courtney cox oh yeah she does with like a little bit of like a, a face filter yeah so my answer of what i've been watching recently is dumb tiktok videos and i think that someone from friends should make a pivot into being a tiktok celebrity they would absolutely crush it like they have a built-in audience already it's so easy like they could I totally like do it tiktok probably wants uh like they're like look we're good like most most like apps and stuff are always trying to get like 13 year olds on and like tiktok yeah. has the opposite problem right they're like we're lousy with teens we got all the teens we need we actually need an older audience you know that's that's where our market share has to go so get uh get one of the friends on there you know have uh have courtney cox uh recenter your chakras uh courtney cox rose nice boom that's so good <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I've got a two-part answer to this question All that right. I'm asking myself, uh, cause you were rude enough to not ask me back. I've been watching. Oh, sorry. What have you been watching this week, Daniel? Oh, hey, that's so nice of you to ask me that, Brandon. Uh, so I watched, uh, two things which were very similar in a lot of ways, actually. Um, I watched the TV show Russian Doll, mm -hmm. uh, season two, where I feel like Lisa Kudrow as, uh, like, you know, I mean, I, maybe it, I haven't already talked about Russian Doll in this podcast, I don't think. Uh, but she definitely could be like a, uh, like the uh, Chloe Savini role because Chloe Savini plays Natasha Leon's mom in like flashbacks. Oh, sure. Um, and like Lisa Kudrow definitely fits that vibe a lot. Yeah. As like kind of a Chloe Savini type. Maybe a little bit, maybe her hair is a little bit not as curly as like Chloe Savini's mm -hmm. in Russian Doll, but she could definitely like get red hair and like just curl it up. It's fine. But then I also watched the movie Last Night in Soho last night. Oh, yeah. I was not in Soho last night, but I did watch the movie Last Night in Soho last night. It's uh, not a very good movie. I knew you had that opinion, which is why I wanted to bring it up because I actually did like it a lot really I, okay like i feel like i just have to accept that in the 20 teens edgar wright movies are gonna be way better directed and edited than they are gonna be written so mm -hmm. as long as i go in with that attitude i'm fine like baby driver i think is like the plot makes no sense and it's pretty dumb but like top tier direction and acting and like editing like it's just like a very technically well done movie that like they kind of clearly didn't put much effort into the script on you know and this movie kind of feels the same to me where it's like you know the twists and turns are very kind of like I guess sure uh but you know it's you know it's it's fine like it's i 
I enjoyed enough of it to the point where I was like, okay. It is gorgeous. It is a very pretty movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of the wheels sort of fall off there right away. Yeah, and that's sort of sort of the problem because at first I thought it was gonna be like a Midnight in Paris type movie, and then I was like, no, she can't really interact with the past, so this isn't really a Midnight in Paris type movie at all. Yeah, and it's like a horror movie, but you kind of you kind of see the ending coming, and it still makes you groan. I feel like you know, I honestly don't remember how it ends at this point. It's been such a long time since I've seen it, but that also says a lot about the movie that I forget basically everything about it except me not liking it. Hmm. Um, I mean, I yeah, like I I feel like I just gave it a little bit of slack just because I knew it. I mean, I knew I knew it got good reviews, but I knew some people there were definitely some detractors. And I remember you told me you didn't like it that much, so I probably yeah. went in with like slightly low expectations. But I still enjoyed it. I think Thomas and McKenzie's great. She plays like the main character. She's fantastic. I like her in a lot of stuff. I mean, she's randomly in two minutes of Power of the Dog for some reason, and then she's also in Jojo Rabbit. Um, so she's she's on her way up. Anya Taylor Joy is always good and stuff. She's great. Yeah. And there's no like women who are Lisa Kudrow's age in this movie, unfortunately. So I can't really be like Lisa Kudrow could be that person because every woman in this movie is either 20 years old or 80. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could argue she could play her mom in like the two seconds of the scenes that she's in, which is why I, this movie is very similar to Russian Doll to me. Uh, Because there's just, well, there's a, I mean, you haven't seen Russian Doll, have you? I've seen the first season, but not the second. The second season of Russian Doll is like almost too similar to this movie where I was like, hold up here. What's going on? Like, I, how did that happen? Like, it's very weird. And I, I guess it's not really for me. I would describe it without spoiling any parts of Russian Doll. Does she like but... fall asleep and then wake up like in a different time? Like in. She gets on a train and wakes up in a different time. What? She gets on a train and wakes up in a different time. Huh, Russian interesting. Doll. And like takes a place instead of, and, which is why the twist in Last Night in Soho, I was so ready for it to be a certain thing because of Russian Doll. Because I was expecting it to be the exact same plot as Russian Doll. And when it wasn't, I was like, oh, the reason why I thought it was was because of Russian Doll. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you like the second season of it? Eh. I see. I just can't. I can't justify watching it. It's been too many years, and the first season I thought told a nice beginning to end coherent story, and I really feel no reason to like re-enter that world. Um, and so you saying that it's a solid eh makes me think like, all right, I just won't watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all right. It's one of those things where I feel like when they wrapped it up, they were like, fuck, what the hell do we do to wrap this season up? Because we didn't really have a plot, and it's like we'll just say it's like this bullshit or whatever. I don't know. It, it's fine. There's like a few. There's a couple episodes where I'm like, okay, that's actually kind of cool. And like they do some kind of cool like trippy stuff here and there because they play with time a lot. Um, yeah. It's like in the first season, but it's. I feel like the problem is the like main crux of the season is not explained properly until like the last like 20 minutes. And once you kind of get what they're going for, you're like, oh, I wish they really like nailed that down more clearly. Sure. The yeah. Like I don't really know how to describe it, but like it's it just seems like they wasted so much time because like basically like the main like the first like four episodes are uh, like Natasha Leone is like basically inhabiting what her mother was back when she was in like the uh, 80s in Brooklyn 70s um, and like so she's inhabiting her like basically her mother's body and like she's just being Natasha Leone still but like everyone's reacting as if she's the mother and you're kind of like it just like feels like a huge disconnect because like Natasha Leone's just like making wise cracks people or whatever and they're like yeah she's just you know talking like smoker voice and being sort <laughs> yeah. of funny but also kind of rude exactly that's my, that's my Natasha Leone <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad Natasha Leone actually 
<laughs> but it doesn't really like work super well. And then like because they bring in the they bring in the guy also at a certain point, like the guy who's mm-hmm. like the first season, and like his plot feels infinitely more interesting than T- Natasha Lyonne's does. But he's in it way less than she is. And it's like, damn, I really want them to focus more on this plot because this one's actually sort of interesting. Yeah, uh, I had a couple issues with season two. I mean, it's still fine, but I got some pretty good buzz still. And I'm and like season one's just way better that I kind of don't really see it. Yeah, I mean, and like that's it's you know it's a I guess it's a shame in so far as a large corporation not doing well is a shame at all uh, because like exactly. Netflix lost another million subscribers last quarter. Did you see that news that came out mm-hmm. yesterday? And so it is like, well, probably this thing isn't going to exist in like another couple of years. I'm going to guess if they can't hold on to subscribers anymore. And then all those shows they made are just going to disappear forever. You know, like, oh, oh well. And you, you know, they're going to do like, I, mean, I guess Stranger Things is on DVD somewhere, but uh, like, cause that's like the thing with like, like all the YouTube red original shows is they've started showing up on Hulu. And so it's just like, all right, so some other streaming service is going to buy the streaming rights for like pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And, uh, which I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, my, uh, my thing recently is I bought a Blu-ray player and I've been buying movies I like on like physical media. Mm-hmm. And it's like watching like Netflix go under. It's like, well, fuck, like those movies are just going to disappear forever. And not, not that Netflix original movies are that good, but it is like important to like, I don't know. Art, art is like important to, uh, you know, hold on to and streaming services is just not the way to do it. Um, God, if I can't watch Red Notice in three years, I'm going to be... <laughs> Oh, yeah yeah uh if i can't watch all of the adam sandler movies that he made on like a monster contract uh <laughs> yeah if i halloween was very important to me oh yeah i was looking up to see what the sequel name of Hubie halloween was while you were saying he before you said Hubie halloween because i was gonna be my take also uh but i couldn't figure out because i don't think they've released a sequel yet unfortunately so they don't have a name no yet. no they'll release it this october yeah I'm, i think but unfortunately there's no name it's just Hubie halloween 2 probably uh but yeah no it's uh it's it's weird because like I got like I uh, what's it called um CISO had like a bunch of original shows they were on yeah and like they had some good stuff like they have a jillion dollar properties which was like, which is a fun show I enjoyed there's like a take on like a bunch of those like real estate shows um yeah. and then uh shrink is pretty good and shrink finally got put on peacock like a few weeks ago I was like mm-hmm. thank goodness because that show is very funny and Tim Balt is great in it but like yeah and they had like um Dan Harmon's like Dungeons and Dragons show for a while that was oh okay. yeah Harmon Quest yeah that's on like some other streaming service i've never heard of now and it was on vrv for yeah yeah vrv for a while yeah that's it's just one of those like every time it's on a different thing i'm like that's that's not real you know like that's that's a fake but it was an okay enough show i like i like kind of like the like improv and then animating it style of it you know that's fun i like when i like that kind of vibe yeah uh which is basically all he does now because rick and morty also has a lot of the improv style too yeah yeah but yeah well i wonder in a decade is streaming will be still going strong or if it'll be completely dead who's to say i'm guessing what will happen is there will be one streaming service it'll be called disney plus and you'll pay like four hundred dollars a month for it um because they will have bought every other property at that point yeah it does kind of sound about right doesn't it oh well yeah. can't wait yep can't wait to watch uh, this on can't wait to watch kablooey in a decade on disney plus and i can't wait to distribute our podcast on spotify disney music oh god oh yeah disney disney have like 
like the Disney Radio or whatever. Uh, uh, do they have any sort of like music streaming yet? I don't know. I don't they, know. I'm surprised they're not in that market. But I guess the problem is then they'd have to like have songs that have explicit lyrics in them, and they're not ready for that yet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe soon enough. I'm sure they'll buy a title or something weird. Yeah, and then they'll take exp- like it will be the radio edits of every song. Oh, oh god, be- they're gonna pull like what you know, how, like Kanye doesn't like to curse in his songs anymore. So like his newest album like had whenever any guest rappers on his songs curse, it just bleeped it out like on the like version that was released as like the official version so no it's jesus Um, (laughs) nice so like i'm just imagining that happening with like disney plus kanye's kanye's gonna go back and re-record all of his old albums uh and it's like like taylor swift where it's gonna be like you know it's gonna be like 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 college dropout kanye's version it's just like (laughs) fuck this is gonna suck (laughs) well to be fair actually on um college dropout he like on the song school spirit he actually like uh wasn't like he like had curse words in it but like he had like an aretha franklin sample on it i don't think she like allowed him to uh use curses on the song so he had to like go back and do like the reverse thing so like the very opening lines like school spirit folka or whatever kind of thing like it's one of those like we're trying to say motherfucker but it's like reversed oh well yeah that's like one song no it's one song and it kind of works better because it's like oh that's kind of funny that he had to do that for one song but having to do that for every song would be very annoying yeah yeah Uh, well we'll find out in 10 years what will happen yep well uh, you'll find out next week what will happen on our podcast when we hear back don't forget to like and subscribe thanks for listening and see you next week bye goodbye lisa honey